Welcome to the Geek-Centric Podcast, where we urge you to listen carefully. What's up, geeks? My name is Kev, and if you've ever wondered what would happen if you mashed together Colin Farrell's phone booth with Halle Berry's The Call, do we have the movie for you? This week, we're sharing our quickfire review for Netflix's latest feature film, The Guilty. Special thanks to Netflix Canada for giving us early access to this movie so we could let you know what we thought and if you should check it out. This will be a spoiler-free discussion. Joining me, as always, are my two co-hosts, Someone call 911 because these guys are burning up the podcast airwaves. Justin and Nate. What's up, guys? How we doing? <laughs> burning it. them up, it's, Kevin. I, <laughs> such an emergency. <laughs> Get them on this movie. Oh, my gosh. All right. The film takes place over the course of a single morning in a 911 dispatch call center. Call operator Joe Bailey tries to save a caller in grave danger, but soon discovers that nothing is as it seems, and facing the truth is the only way out. Starring Jake Gyllenhaal, Peter Sarsgaard, and Riley Keough, the film was written by Nick Pizzolatto and directed by Antoine Fuqua. Gentlemen, what were your initial thoughts on this new thriller from Netflix? Yeah, I mean, listen, we don't we don't got much time, I'm sure, uh, before the next caller uh, calls in with with their distressful <laughs> um, call. You know what? I was actually so shocked by, uh, and it's not a spoiler to say, but how often nine one one operators get calls like that like does it actually happen that often i think yeah. that probably in la you would be extremely really? busy in that position i would imagine oh my gosh um, i think that's that yeah. was part of the reason why they chose la yeah it was really because of that yeah no i i guess i i'm this movie is based off of um a danish uh original gustav moeller uh directed film um and uh from what i've read about the original i've watched the trailer for the original if you are wanting to watch apparently the best version of this movie, uh, watch that instead. If you're okay with the subtitles, definitely dive into it. You should be okay with the subtitles because uh, apparently it's phenomenal. I enjoyed Jake Gyllenhaal in this movie. I think it's yeah. really the the big theme that I think we're probably all going to fall into is that that was uh, his performance is is awesome. It's fantastic, um, and he he just he's so engrossing throughout the entire movie. Um, there were other aspects about it that, that didn't quite hit me, but my initial, my initial thoughts are if you like to watch Jake Gyllenhaal, you'll enjoy this movie. This is the movie for you because <laughs> for you, it's yeah. basically just him for 90 minutes. Right? I mean, I did find it fun that, uh, you know, trying to identify some of the callers early on in the movie, that was kind of neat. Some of the little cameos that they had in there and, uh, those interactions were certainly a lot of fun. Yeah. I think we, we got a bit of like, there's like a Paul Dano at one point, Bill Burr. Was very very recognizable. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, I thought he was just Bill Burr calling. I didn't think he was playing a character. I think he just plays himself. I could see that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I think one of the things for me that helped make this film work to the extent that it did is its short running time. I yeah. don't think that it stretches the premise too thin or for too long. I think we get just just long enough to, so that it can still work. To whatever level of success one might deem it to have worked, yeah, I, I don't, I don't think that this was a successful narrative film. I think this was a successful performance. This was a film carried by Jake Gyllenhaal's yep. performance, his intensity, his, you know, I guess you could say like his, his just his his anxiety that he just 
bled through the screen and just his desire to want to try to prove something. Jake Gyllenhaal is a fantastic actor and he, mm-hmm. he's proven that time and time again in, in all of the work that he's done. And I think that from this movie, he is the highlight in an otherwise predictable story. Um, yeah, I, I just, you know, I don't know what they could have done to make this movie better from a narrative standpoint. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Gyllenhaal, you know, acts his heart out in this movie and um, there's a commitment there. Yeah, and I was really interested in, in aspects and learning more of his character as, uh, you know, as as the story goes on. But, you know, it just it doesn't really amount to anything. I don't think they focus enough on that. I think they 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 carry it through. They thread it thinly through throughout the entire film. And I just don't. I didn't find the payoff for that whole aspect of his character to be worth it. Um, I I will say. You know, when we're talking about performances, the 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 people on the phone, uh, Peter Sarsgaard, uh, Riley Keough, I, I thought they, you know, I didn't quite get as much from them. I felt like, and and Justin, we were talking off air about a video game that I recently played called Twelve Minutes, um, and it I just kind of felt very video, and nothing against video game voice actors. Like we were just even before this podcast, we were getting so hyped about seeing some new stuff about the new Last of Us show, and and we were talking about the game and things like that, and. Obviously, you can have a phenomenal performances in video games. It's not what I'm saying, but but like if you've played some sort of you know Ubisoft games where some of the the performances, some of the voice acting might feel a little bit phoned in at times. It it literally <laughs> did feel like it was phoned in, and I don't I don't mean the the to, to put a well, pun there. Like it, it did feel like they weren't performing off of Jake Gyllenhaal. It well, they felt were like it was, phoned in. They were actually yeah. phoned in. Oh, okay. Apparently. Oh, okay. Set. So uh, there was a lot of discussion about how to basically get Jake Gyllenhaal to feed off of them. Yeah. So I don't know if they initially, if they went with the recordings that they actually did with those characters in that moment with Jake Gyllenhaal or right. not. If they did, maybe it wasn't necessarily the best take of everyone. But I think that I thought that that was really interesting. Like, again, outside of just a very lackluster story, there's some other things that are fairly interesting about how this movie came to be. Having done this movie in 11 days, right, uh, during the pandemic, they, they wanted to originally do it in five days, but they realized that that was... That was far too. That would have been a bit, do. a bit too much to to sort of yeah. squeeze in, I think. But yeah. I do like that they gave themselves that short window, in order to sort of give themselves the, the same kind of pressure and and time crunch that the character is facing. So, you know, and I think if you can look past some of the unrealistic elements of everything going on, it made yeah. for kind of a suspenseful hour and a half. Yeah, I mean, I was lot. engaged in what was going on, whether it was realistic or not. Yeah, I, I I totally agree with you. I I was I was very much engaged. I just think though that like the fire really doesn't have much to do with anything. It's other there than to just... it's there to put in the setting and to put in some of the uh, the reasoning why some of the characters couldn't um, do what they need to do throughout the film, right? Without spoiling right. anything. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's it's a plot device, exactly. But at the end of the day, what was the point, right? Like, uh, yeah. other than just to be a commentary. I do want to just shout out Maz uh, Makani who did the uh, the cinematography for this movie, which you know, again, you put a movie in a in in what is it? It takes place in like a room and a half, uh, and and centered around one person. Um, I thought it was really interesting the way that they were able to have a good balance of shaky cam uh, and shots through monitors of computers at times. But I thought the most powerful aspect of the movie was the use of lighting. So, you know, he's a, he's a, a 911 operator. And so when he's on a call, there's this red light that turns on. 
uh, to let everyone else around him know that he's in, he's currently on a call. And then it goes off when the call is hung up. Uh, and it, they use that to a really, really good effect to really drive home, you know, the, the intensity we were talking about of Hall's face in certain moments in the red. And then all of a sudden the call goes cold and the scene goes cold. And I thought that was actually a really cool way that they implemented that. Um, so, I, you know, shout out, shout out for that, for sure, for, for you know, what, using what you could uh, <laughs> in yeah. the two rooms or one in and a half In the rooms. sort of limited, in this yes. limited space, right? Yeah. Yeah. Was there anything that uh, didn't work for you? Yeah, like I was saying, uh, you know, the narrative is is overly predictable. Um, I, I think, you know, I, I get what they were trying to do with some of the twists and turns, but I don't know if there was enough given in this movie for us to really appreciate that. And like, I don't know what you could have done differently because this is really a character study about about Joe and and his life and and what he's dealing with so if you involved more of the people that he worked with in the story then it becomes about joe and where he works if you start interacting the girl that he's trying to save then it becomes you know about joe and her story and that that sort of intersecting point i I just again i i don't know what they could have done differently but i just the story really fell flat for me and it was just overly predictable and I don't know. I just that was the sticking point. Well, I just I, I think, you know, if if we were supposed to sort of slowly learn more about this character, it's interesting that his resolution is played out over the end credits. It doesn't even make yeah. it into the the movie yeah. itself, you know. So how important really was that element to the story if if that's sure, the absolutely. way they decided to sort of share that with us? I do agree with you in the sense that unfortunately it just doesn't it doesn't land as much as I think it was intended to, uh, especially given when this movie was uh, shot and, and when it takes place. Um, I, I, you know, hearing the idea that it was shot, you know, obviously over the pandemic, um, there was a lot of limitations in terms of what they could do. I think that's, you know, you could look at that one way and sort of say, well, we'll give them a pass for that. But I, I also think like, you know what, make the movie you want to make when you can make it, wait for it to open up if you want to wait for it to open up. Um, you know, I'm not sure the exact situation in terms of, how the movie was made specifically but but to your point Justin I would have loved to have seen more scenes of other characters because you know it it is so difficult when you're when you're putting these voice performances up against Jake Gyllenhaal's performance and you see such an imbalance there because I really every time they would go to these characters on the phone I was engaged in the performance of Jake Gyllenhaal listening to these sort of less engaging, uh, sort of very, um, unfortunately, not really realistic dialogue sounding characters. Uh, and that took me out of it quite a few times throughout the movie. And that I, I, I that would be something that definitely didn't work. Well, and we, and we talked about, you know, I made the joke earlier about, uh, you know, how this is very much like phone booth. And even in that one they were able to cut away to where you wouldn't see Kiefer Sutherland himself, but you were in the room with him as he was in, interacting. And so that just allowed for a stronger performance from another character other than just Colin Farrell's, right? Whereas yeah. in this one, because of what they chose to do in terms of keeping it all in that room with Jake, yeah, the the the, the other voice acting performances weren't able to shine through. Yeah. No, I totally agree, and I think that's why the uh, voice acting performances weren't as elevated as, as Nate pointed out, you have their voices going up against Jake Gyllenhaal's dominant, intense acting on screen. Like he's literally dominating picture while their voices are just simply served as kind of, uh, 
additional elements in the scene. So, yeah, I, I think that that's part of the reason why those those voice actors don't land. It would have almost been better if it wasn't Jake Gyllenhaal. If it was somebody that was maybe more of a uh, maybe a lesser actor that that was doing that. Yeah, but I don't think you. I don't think you. And then you know? this movie would really suffer. <laughs> yes. Right? Yeah. Like, if yes. you don't have that powerhouse okay. performance, like this, I just thought it was at, this, at this, sink your teeth at, into. Yeah. at the point, the the only thing that I really enjoyed about this movie beyond that is is Jake Gyllenhaal. Sure. Right. So if you okay. take him out of the equation, then it's like this movie would really suffer. Well, according to the movie, broken people save broken people. In our case, this broken person is going to save this broken podcast from running on too long. Uh, let's get to our final scores for the you film. You okay, Kevin? I'm okay. I'm okay. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> uh, let's get to our scores, which we will be rating out of five slithering stomach snakes. Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yeah, again, it's a... It's an engrossing performance in a movie that I feel could have maybe been better adapted for the West as a podcast or video game. Uh, I thought, you know, how cool would it be if we were experiencing this with maybe Jake Gyllenhaal in it, you know, uh, mocap or whatever you want to do um, in, in, a, in a video game I thought would be such a more unique way of, of telling the story. What would you do in the video game? <laughs> you would answer phone calls. Like, Kevin, there's been games about, about people uh, accepting paperwork at the border before that have been really engaging and really interesting. And you have to decide who is allowed through and things like that. So I think they could have pulled it off for sure with this setting and I do think that the setting is very interesting don't get me wrong I thought again like getting to see 911 operators uh, if this is really what happens obviously maybe not as intense um, but I would uh, I just thought it was super cool to see that um, but I do think that that might have been a better way to adapt this like an audio broadcast or something along the, the same lines I like that uh, but, idea a lot you know like I think it would have been maybe a, a, a more subtle way than just a complete exact copy Jake Gyllenhaal carries the movie um, from a performance standpoint where, again, the actor's on the phone and the dialogue written for them feels unrealistic. Um, but, yeah, I mean, ultimately, I'm, I was uh, whelmed by this movie. I wasn't, I wasn't upset with it. I didn't walk away being like, that was a waste of time. Um, it just, I don't think it'll stay with me. So I'm going to give it three out of five slithering stomach snakes. Nice. Just how about yourself? Yeah, well, Nate said it best. Uh, this is a movie carried by Jake Gyllenhaal, and this is a movie that Jake Gyllenhaal chose to make, and it shows. He has sure. such commitment yeah. and such presence on the screen. Um, he really does carry this movie uh, in a otherwise very predictable uh, narrative. Um, I, I do appreciate what they were trying to do. It's just that there wasn't enough in terms of really developing the impact of the story. I loved everything that about just staying focused on on this character and it being very much a character study. It felt very Birdman, very frantic, and, right. and you feel his tension and you feel his anxiety, but it just it doesn't really go anywhere. Whereas at least with Birdman, it left you with optimism and, and a little bit of ambiguity. Uh, I don't know. It just it, it really just it didn't didn't do what I thought it could do in terms of a narrative. So if you're going to check it out, just know that you're not really going to enjoy the story. But Jake Gyllenhaal is definitely the highlight. He is an actor that deserves to win an Oscar at some point. And for that reason, I'm going to give it uh, also a three out of five slithering stomach snakes. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you guys. It's uh, all about Jake in this one. Um, it's great for his resume, you know, to, to show off what he can do. Uh, not that we haven't known that already for years, but... You're not going to get much out of this other than that. You're not going to take anything away. Like a bad phone call with a relative you don't like to talk to very much. As soon as it's over, you're going to forget about it, I think. Um, oh, shoot. <laughs> um, but uh, that being said, 
if you're into the sort of thriller suspense genre, this is a fine way to spend an hour and a half. Um, yeah, yeah, it's said, short. It's it, that's it, it's a digestible. It's mercifully right? short. Yeah, it's it was yeah. it was quick and easy, and so again, yeah. it didn't you know stay on Overstay the premise. Or, yes, exactly. Uh, yeah. And so that works for it as well. I'm going to give this one a three point one out of five. Slithering stomach snakes. Now the film has a limited theatrical run that started back on September 24th before making its uh, debut on Netflix on October 1st. Would you recommend seeing it in theaters, or would you uh, have people wait until it's uh, on Netflix for free? I'd say Netflix. 100%. Like, I don't think I this think one a, needs I think a theatrical viewing. It. Yeah, I don't, I don't think, like, I, I could see how it might drive home the intensity, that anxiety feeling, like, you know, with the sounds and, and, and all the design that goes into it. But that being said, I, I do think that you could probably stream this at home comfortably, create the right environment uh, for doing so, put the phone on D&D and, you know, just just really hone in and focus on this movie. And yeah, I think it's 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 a really enjoyable. I watched it with, you know, noise canceling headphones and, and I really enjoyed it uh, through stream. I, I don't know. I Here's the thing. The only thing I will say about the theater, because you just called it like I do kind of like the idea of having that sort of almost um you know you're able to align with the character in a sense of like I'm in this room I'm not going to leave this room until this is over uh and I kind of like that idea where you know obviously if you're watching on Netflix you can pause you can go to the bathroom I might be I might be split on this one with you Justin I, I actually think um the theater might be a, a better option but I would say go on a cheap Tuesday maybe uh save yourself some money you, you don't need to do the I don't think this is playing in IMAX, but you don't need to go and and go ball out for it. So uh, yeah, I would say go to the go to the theater for it. Or yeah, or it could be it could be a different know? experience for for yeah. how you experience the story. But I still think you'll be underwhelmed. <laughs> <laughs> shoot, shoot. Well, well, there you have it. Our spoiler free quick fire review for the guilty. Thanks for tuning in wherever you listen to podcasts. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe and leave us a glowing review. Or we might have to call nine one one on your ass. We have a ton of other great content for you to check out. This movie takes place over the course of a single morning, but to listen to all of our amazing stuff would take a lot longer than that. We'd also love to know if you're going to be checking this out in theaters, on Netflix, and then what you thought of it. While you can't call us to let us know, you can certainly email us at wearegeekcentric at gmail.com, or if that'll take too long, hit us up on Twitter at GeekCentricYT and on Instagram at wearegeekcentric. Justin, Nate, and everyone listening, I appreciate you, and until next time, keep it geeky.